Hey, this is Scott with Leading Edge Archery. Um, I had this brainchild to start a podcast. This is going to be our intro to our first one, and hopefully it's going to go off well. Um, we're going to kind of keep this really organic and do it pretty easy. Um, so I want to introduce our, our helpers, our cast, if you want to call it. Um, to my right, and eventually you're going to see this on video, I got Bridger Deaton. What's up? Bridger is a professional archer. has been shooting pretty much his entire life as a pro. And uh, to my left over here is one of our technicians, our head string maker for Bandit Bowstrings, Adam Smith. How's it going, y'all? And then our sound guy and our uh, technical expertise. And he's also a Paralympic archer. Actually qualified for the Tokyo Olympics this year in the, uh, in the para is Jason Tabansky. What's up? So anyways, I want to just start off and tell you guys we wanted to do this a whole lot different. We're not going to be a podcast like what you're hearing today, um, hunting, hunting, and more hunting. Um, Bridger and I have talked a lot about this and kind of give you all the audience an insight into what goes in the backside of archery, the background, um, what it takes to become a professional, what goes into preparing for a tournament, how to shoot a tournament, and what he does after a tournament. Um and then, you know, from the shop side of it, I'm going to talk a lot about uh, just the longevity of the sport and how it, how it, what it takes to run a shop. You know, I've been working in the shop in and out for probably 40-some years now. Um, started out as a young kid, and, and uh, so I've seen all facets of shop life. And we're going to try to give you guys a, an insight and a look at what goes on behind the scenes. And then, of course, uh, Jason's going to be able to talk about traveling across the world shooting archery as a para-archer. Um, so for some of you who don't know, he's... He is in a chair, but you would never know it. If he's one of my best friends, and he's um, an amazing inspiration for the sport, and we're excited for him to share what he's doing and how he's going to impact archery. I think in a great way over the next five or six years, hopefully a lifetime. And then Adam, he's my lackey. Um, I uh, I get to abuse him in the shop. I may also be his stepson, so that, <laughs> that plays a part in it. So yeah, yeah. Well, and what's cool is Adam. I will tell you. I've, we're, use a lot of strings out there. He makes, I think, one of the best strings in the business. Um, I, I think Bridger might agree a little bit with that. I don't know. Uh, I would hope pretty so. Close. Adam's a hell of a lot faster at it than I am. But. <laughs> Bridger makes a good string, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, one of the things we also want to do is talk to the audience and let you all get back with us on what you want to hear, what you want to talk about. Um, we're going to push the envelope a little bit, especially when we're talking about different things. Uh Technical wise, um, you know, Bridger's been doing this a long time, setting up bows. I've been doing it forever, it seems like. And even Adam, you know, as a junior technician, he's been doing it now for about three or four years. And it's going to be exciting to hear some of his ideas and even Jason on the Paris side. But we're going to talk a lot about technical. Um, probably going to push that envelope, like I said, when it comes to, you know, doing bow reviews, even. You know, it's one of my passions. I, as a shop owner, we really tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly about all the equipment. Um, nobody makes a perfect bow, and but we're going to highlight the good things, talk about how to overcome the bad things. Bridger, I know, is going to share a ton with that. Um, so you, the audience, are getting uh, a very watered-down, in-the-weeds um, look at the technical side of the sport and even the, the fun side of it, I guess. Yeah, and, it, you know, like uh, uh, the other podcasts out there, like they, they talk about, you know, most of it is all technical or – at least on the tournament side of it, like, wow, this is a bow that I'm going to show up to a tournament with. <laughs> this is what I, this is a tournament I'm going to. This is how I prepared for it and stuff. But at the end of the day, we're still all normal people that enjoy doing other things outside of archery, even though we've made this our, our uh, 
I mean, really the central focus of our life. But like the, nobody ever really focuses on the, or nobody ever covers the life portion of that. So I don't know. I hope we end up chasing a lot of squirrels here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that's the whole point. We want to keep it extremely organic and just you know we all chime in and speak our mind and because we're all opinionated. Hell, we're archers. You know? I mean. The point is, some of us actually do chase squirrels in real life. <laughs> exactly, it's a lot of fun. No. no, but you know the one thing you know, and I you'll hear me talk about it, and I don't want to get on my soapbox right out of the box, but you know, drinking the marketing Kool Aid. Um, there's tons of it out there in this industry. We're going to kind of sift through that and try to clear up the Kool Aid and and let you guys hear the just really what's going on, behind, uh, you know, on the backside of that. You know, the 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 sport as a whole. Um, the technical side of the sport because there's so much of it out there, and and also like Bridger said, you're looking at what's going on in the industry from a from a pro's point of view because they definitely look at it a whole heck of a lot different than we do, you know. And then um, and then probably some guests. I know Jason has got a, a couple people lined up. We're probably going to have we hope some pretty high level um, celebrity archers. We want to call it. Um, don't want to probably name drop yet until we get them on the list, but. We've got some commitments from a lot of top people, and I know Bridger knows everybody. Well, not only that, like you have some fairly high-profile people that wander into the shop from time yeah. to time, yeah. uh, even since I've been here. Yeah, a uh, couple PGA guys, yeah. at least one. Yes, sir. Uh, I don't know, a couple different hunting personalities and TV guys. I know George, um, yeah, as well as uh, the King. Some <laughs> other, yeah. Some say the King, George Strait. Uh, you know, and other, other business owners in the area here and, you know, north of San Antonio. Yeah. So you know, what's cool too, is that we hopefully will even get some, uh, some of our amateur, um, staff shooters we have at leading edge, you know, because one thing that I think is missing in the industry a lot is that, Hey, what's the everyday guy going through? How is he shooting to, to, inc- you know, increase the level of his game and get to the top and we've got a couple of our own independent staff shooters here and heck we've got some people in texas that we probably can get talk with that aren't even affiliated with the shop you know that are trying to make a stab at Mm -hmm. at the you know becoming a a much more high profile shooter than where they are today and i think that's important to talk about that stuff and and get their point of view because you know most of the people hopefully listen to this are not going to be at that level you know but we'll see never know so anyways um I want to talk, I guess one of the things I wanted to start off with today was to talk about, you know, since it's this time of year, and that is all the new bows that came out. Um, we've got, we, we here at Leading Edge, we carry the Prime, Matthews, Elite, and um, Hoyt lines. We've all got a chance to shoot them a lot over the last probably three months, and we're pretty much fully stocked now. And maybe just talk through, you know, what we're seeing out there with the new bows. Um, there's a ton of marketing material out there right now, you know, axle axle and all that stuff. I don't want to get down to Louise with that, but you know, we've tuned them, we've shot them, you know, what we're thinking about them. Um, and I know Bridger right now just signed a deal with, uh, with elite. He's mm-hmm. representing elite this year and, you know, and maybe take a step back for our listeners. Um, Bridger Deaton from Iowa. Yep. Pella, Iowa is where I grew up, born and raised there. Uh, heck I moved down here, what in August? In August, yeah. So that's what I was gonna say. He moved to Texas. Long, and, long way. Yeah, long way. Um, and it's kind of cool having him in the shop because it's he's he's definitely an influencer when it comes to the these young people and, and our customer base, and he's fit right in perfectly <laughs> with us. Um, so, anyways, uh, 
you know, maybe talk about a little about the Elite Bow. I mean, we did a, a video for Elite that I think was crazy successful. Yeah, it was good. Uh, I know Blake, like, the, the next day or later that day, he said he was on a phone call with uh, a couple of head honchos over there, and they were everybody seemed impressed by it. Yeah, so, yeah, so Blake I mean, Kidder, just to let you know, is our regional rep mm-hmm. for, uh, for Elite. the outdoor group, and yeah. so all their brands and such. But, yeah, we covered a lot about their bow. Um, out of everybody this year that came out with new bows and this is not me my contract talking but it, i think all four of us would agree they've made the biggest changes to all their stuff as far as i mean they have an all new fairly new riser um that pocket system that they came out with is pretty unique yeah um i know some people say it's very similar to the las system that uh pse had has on some of their bows um and it, it, in ways it is but it, it adjust slightly different um as well as they came out with an all-new cam and like i said they came out with that new cam um traditionally elite's always been a, a two-track binary system and they came out with that tree uh three track somewhat similar to that uh and now i can't remember the cross-centric well the cross-centric but the no the bowtech cam bowtech cam yeah um that new bowtech cam the overdrive cam system so i mean three track cam system where the cables are running on either side which is kind of unique they elites kind of theirs is a little bit backwards from what the bowtex is but um yeah but it took all the tuning issues out of the bow oh man that's amazing i mean similar i mean the rituals were a good bow they're a great sell for us and i mean they really sold themselves but like Gosh, I did not like putting every single one of those in press. Yeah. I was setting. Ramming, yeah, ramming that uh, roller guard all the way to the right and then shimming the cams all the way to the right. <laughs> I was setting up a Elite for a customer earlier today, and something I noticed, uh, just a small little tear, and it wasn't sitting quite center shot, and just a little adjustment. And it was the first time of me ever using that new pocket system, and just a little adjustment got me a bullet hole. So, yeah. so, so for those of you listening, if you haven't seen the new Elites, they've got a new pocket pitch system, which is done off the back of the pocket, unlike the one that PSE did, which was on the front side. And yeah. their so, system is extremely, I think, is not going to have any moving issues. And it allows us to actually put pocket pitch, which is more or less cam lean, yeah. in and, the bow. Well, and that's exactly what it is. The yeah. PSEs, it would, while it achieved the same thing, theirs would actually shift the back of the pocket to the left and the correct. right. Yeah, correct. Whereas the Elite was actually changing the the load. limb position it's and the limb in the load, load. Yeah. inside the pocket. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. And I know some people... I'm. It does seem very solid. Some people thought it might have some issues, but I know talking to Nathan Brooks about it, some other guys like they, how what Blake Blake said that Nathan was like throwing it in a freezer, yeah, yeah. bashing it on the concrete, yeah. and like could not move that pocket right. at all. So we haven't torn it apart yet, which is normally something we do right away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> usually, usually well, we pull them out of the box and put a D loop on it, shoot it once. And then just take the bow apart to yeah. see what it looks like on the well, inside. Well, the crazy right? part, too, is that it's. I think Adam was the first one to actually use the system today. Now, we've sold, I don't know how many of the, the new cures, but we haven't even had a need, I think, because of that new that new system as far as the, the new binary tri-track mm-hmm. running both sides of the, of the cam. We haven't had a need. And then today we had it, and it was fixed in what, Adam? Super easy, yeah. maybe two seconds. <laughs> it was amazing no how more, fast it no was. More presses. Well, no I, I know, more presses. Well, uh, I know last night I helped. I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he was, he's shooting a spot hog side, I think. But he had ran Jason. actually, Jason, the big guy. Yeah, yeah. He Jason. had ran out of adjustment on his sight, and 
like as a po he was getting ready to go on a hunt so we kind of jerry rigged it real quick and basically he was still hitting to the left and basically all i had to do is i moved the rest to the right till he's back to center and then to fix the paper tear just move those limb pockets around so that the bow the arrow is still coming out of the bow straight i think everybody gets over at or overly obsessed about being exactly center shot or measuring what center shot is right i mean i've shot professionally and made money doing it for <laughs> close to 10 years now and mm -hmm. i have not once in my entire career measured center shot on a bow. No, me neither. We, so, we all eyeball it. You know, but, <laughs> but like, I, I mean, not necessarily the correct way to do it, but a way we can get away with it and do a quick five-minute fix as opposed to having to order a part and wait for two weeks for that to come okay. in to leave a problem that a customer has. So, so. Here, here's a great segue to, do, uh, to, to talk what Jason was talking about. Let's go chase the squirrel. You know, we get all these guys now using these damn laser tools and you know the levels and i used to do it i mean you put on a show for the customer and they think that it looks cool and wow you guys use all these high-tech equipment and honestly you know for 40 some years i've eyeballed center and i've eyeballed knock height <laughs> and and let the boat tell me what it wants well exactly i know i know it's like you can get into the the like reading on archery talk and reading on the internet oh about yeah yeah we can get into that oh, one let's not chase uh, that squirrel yet <laughs> not yet but like everybody obsesses about cam lean and all that stuff. Oh, Personally, yeah. as long as my arrows come out of the bow straight, I could give a damn like what Scott it looks says, like. Yeah, it could do a backflip in the middle of the air as long as it hits the middle. Exactly. <laughs> I just don't so, care. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, that's one thing. Maybe you know that bow's not perfect as far as how everything's set up. It could be better as far as you know, being on the right center shot, not having the pocket skewed one way or the other, having the limbs or having the uh, the cable load um, in a little more optimal position. But in a pinch. You know, I took a two-week fix to get an extra part and turned it into a five-minute operation that took, yeah. I mean, took five minutes to fix, and he was, yeah. I mean, he was happier than a pig in yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, no. what's funny is you kept on talking about not having to put it in a press and not put it in a press, and, I mean, if there's anybody out there in the para world that's, that's listening to this, I used to shoot Victory X's. Right. And, you know, going on tour, going overseas... You don't always have access to a press, so I'm limited on my draw length. Or if I need to shorten or do this or do that, I've got to be able to to swap out mods on those victories. Right. Well, today was the first time I actually messed with that that mod adjustment on the on the cure. Right. I was done in less than than five minutes. Oh I was yeah. Completely yeah. out. That was, yeah. Normally, that was the first time you'd set one of those bows up for anybody. Exactly. Normally, that would take me. I mean, me personally, getting my chair under press and everything would take me about 15, 20 minutes to right. swap out mods and, and doing it right. And then you got to make sure you put the draw stops back on because I don't want to <laughs> draw that thing How many times have we out. done that? Yeah, oh, exactly. I don't, I, I don't want to talk <laughs> exactly. about it. Peter! I'd rather, <laughs> yeah. I'd rather not talk about that one. Yeah, yeah, having to get Adam to step on the on the block target <laughs> to put the bow in the press. But no, I mean, if, if anybody's out there listening and, and you're a parachuter, it's it's something that I would recommend you taking a look in. Yeah. Um, you know, there's other bow brands out, out there that have been doing it, but the fact that Elite was able to listen to their shooters and put it in, in mm -hmm. this mod, I mean, it's they blew it well, out of the water. And I'll tell you the other thing, and I know Bridger really appreciates this, you know, and, and probably even Jason and, and Adam. Um, the game changer for me was as far as bow fit, and we are OCD here at Leading Edge Archery. We will not put you in a bow too short, too long, and the quarter-inch yeah, adjustment on say. the cam. That's I mean, amazing. It takes a little bit of playing around with it to understand where 
uh, uh, everything needs to be as far as there's a little window on the cam that tells you right. what mod position you're in and kind of, excuse me, trying to figure out how to measure that or how to how to read that. But, I mean, I think when we got them in, when we got the first demos, I played with it for maybe 10 minutes and had it down. And right. I checked it. I think I went through. Hey, you checked it on the drawboard. I checked it on the drawboard, measuring it, and I checked I didn't check the middle of the cam, but I checked usually whenever you have a problem with a rotating mod, it's that on the shorter side of the cam, so you make a half, what should be a half-inch adjustment, it ends up being a little bit less. Right. And then you run out to the back end of the cam or the longest side of the cam, and you run it's, a little bit, it's a little bit longer. Oh, yeah. Especially on a bow with that much adjustment on it, because that, that cure goes from, the hunting bow goes from 20, 24 and a half, 23, 23 and a half. inches yeah. all the way out to 30 or 30 yeah. and a half. Yeah. Um, and Adam can check that real quick, but, uh, yeah, like it was when I measured, I measured, I think the back two inches and the, uh, front two inches and they, every single little adjustment was exactly a quarter inch, which I was impressed by. I mean, Hoyt does a really good job with theirs, but you got to think they have two or three different base cams. Correct. So you're only getting two and a half inches of adjustment. That's two correct. and a half, three inches of adjustment out of them. Right. Yeah, so, so. It, no, it's it's amazing. I, I, that quarter inch adjustment, I think, is absolutely unbelievable, and we've we've been using a crap out of it. I mm. mean, it's Adam, you it's have a, to grab the mouse for that. Yeah, you got to use the mouse, brother. Um, <laughs> our fact checker is kind of a. I think this computer is. Uh, it's probably dying. Kia. Yeah, he might he <laughs> might have killed it. We we may or may not have had a situation <laughs> earlier. <laughs> Well, at first, I think we all thought well, Scott was having a heart attack yeah, when we yeah. were kind of going through our Over, electrical test run here. And possible <laughs> overreaction, maybe, no, maybe no. possible. Let's not chase that squirrel right now. <laughs> no, but we're talking. You know, what, the big thing is once again, I, I we've spent a little time talking about the elite, but I for I know most of the guys in the shop. It was the bow that I think had the most changes from a year prior. Um, I think they put the most into technology as far as their cam system and their you know the adjustability of it. Um, and also, you know, let's not let's not also forget that bow is the quietest bow on the shelf. This shooting, yeah. Guys, I mean, I period. I took mine. Well, yeah, I took mine. I put a lot of twists in the cables because I like shooting higher poundage for uh, hunting. I think I got it up to like seventy eight or seventy nine right. pounds, and I'm shooting like I mean, my arrow's fairly heavy hunting arrow. It's four four forty, I think, and that thing. Even compared to like the Matthews, which in the past three or four years have been the quietest, crazy quiet, uh, and that VXR is still very quiet. Exactly, but it's, I mean, if if it's not quieter, it's every bit as quiet as yeah. that Matthews was. Yeah, and I think you know it's funny as target archers. I know Bridger and I, I've talked about this to customers. Um, the bow is almost too good um, for me. It's, it almost feels like it's not shooting. That, that at a high performance because it's so soft. It's a soft shooting yeah, bow. It's, it's a, quiet. It's, it's a very different cam, yeah. different feel to that cam. Yeah. And so for guys, target archers, you know, we like feedback. We like our we like, we want to feel our bow because that's what tells us a lot of things that are going wrong with it when they're not working right. Mm-hmm. And this bow just doesn't give it to you. It's kind of it's kind of amazing. So. It's it's definitely fun, it, especially on the target bow. It took me, I mean, it took me a while to get used to that yeah. that draw cycle because I'm so used to that where. Like you, right before you hit that valley, that uh, your peak weight. Yep. I mean, that's where it peaks. You break over and and it breaks over. Whereas this one, yeah. it stacks fairly quick, but it's very gradual yeah. on the backside. Crazy smooth, so that's for sure. Um, so that's a little about the elite. You know, just you know. So we like it. I think it's going to be a big seller for us. I think it's a big seller for anywhere in the country. So we're at twenty three to 
23 to uh, 30 on the cure, yeah. and we've got 24 to 31 on the result. On the result. Yeah, yeah that, well, that's insane amount and of that adjustment. One, that, too, that's measured at uh, 80% let off. So you can get a little bit shorter than 23 if you run that uh, cable stop oh, yeah. peg. Cable stop back at like 70%. Yeah. yeah, if you run that guy out to you know 75 70%, you can get a little bit shorter. Um, I think most most hunters are going to run it at the 90 right i know for me like i i shoot a 28 for basically everything or a 28 inch mod spot for everything and on my hunting bow i, I ran it at 27 and a half yeah um but like i said i'm shooting it at 90 percent, so that cam's rotating a little more and giving right. you a little bit more draw length but the holding is amazing it there oh yeah you can I, hold it forever i think like I said, mine's 79 pounds so that cam's over rotated a little bit so it's not quite 90 right. but i think i'm still holding like I don't know, like eight or nine pounds. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. Maybe. That's amazing. So anyways, let's move on a little bit. We'll go from Elite. I'm just going to go down the rooms there. And the, our next one that we've um, this year is the new Prime Series, the Black Series. You know, um, they didn't do a lot of changes. Um, well, but the changes they made are so much more shop friendly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like those lot or the, the Synergies and the CT Series stuff they had. I don't know nearly enough about primes. I just know that whenever a customer needed a different draw length, it's it's a <laughs> like five to fifteen minute ordeal. Yeah, because you got to dig through all the cans on the on the pegboard wall, find the right length cam, then put it in a press. Make sure your fingers are lined up, you know, because we're using all the last chance presses, and you got to pull the axle out, change all the strings off one cam, put them on the other, and then put the axle back in. Yeah. You're basically First, doing a cam rebuild. Yeah, you you're doing a full cam swap every time you change Absolutely. a draw length a half inch. Yeah. Now they have that rotating mod, which saves yeah. a ton of time. Yeah, we can change out the primes now in shoot three minutes, yeah, two, three, two three minutes, minutes, and it's pretty simple. And um, I think their adjustments. I think all one thing I liked this year too. They went thirty inch draw length. I think Jason on everything. Thirty one. Thirty one. Yep. Yeah, and on everything. And everything goes thirty. Yeah. Every they all have the same from the the one, three, and five. Yeah. Except for the. The black nine, the nine, their target yeah. bow. It's yeah, a thirty-three. Mm-hmm. You know, that's probably you that's know, talking one to do with the axle, axle, right? Else. And honestly, this is the one miss for Prime, in my opinion. I wanted to see that nine be a thirty-seven or a thirty-six well, inch bow. That, that's a that, big then bow. Running, if not that, just run a smaller cam. Yeah. Like that's been my hang-up, and like I dealt with it with Matthews when I think originally when they came out with that TRG series when they first went to the platform, they're running for all their target bows now. Right. Um, they're putting the same cam on the target bows as they do the hunting bow. Correct. Which means, so like on the TRGs, the shortest you could get, like on the seven, was I think like 20, 27, 26 mm-hmm. and a half, yeah. 26 or 27 was, inches. What? I couldn't shoot but, it. I remember that. But like you get, you get that and you're running on the shortest side of the cam for most of your draw lengths. And yeah. it, it just, I don't, it's a funky yeah. feel. It makes yeah, it tough to shoot. And that's the only thing at Prime. I mean, like I said, the 30, the 39, I'd love to see them went shorter. But they did offer, so they have the 31, the 33, and the 35 this year. Um, you know, the other thing I would have loved to see them make a change on that I think was a little bit of a miss was on the the 35-inch axle axle. Mm-hmm. It has the shortest brace height at six inches, I think it is, Jason. Um, and... Six. Six, yeah. And the bows are crazy fast. I mean, so one of the things they did do this year is they went to a wider, um, they went to a cross-centric system, basically, um, yeah, like they, the Matthews. Yeah, they put that, uh, that yoke system yeah, on there. Yeah, exactly. And what it's done, it actually, they went to a beefier bearing, um, which, believe it or not, has they picked up almost five to seven feet per second, but they did not advertise it. I actually talked to them about it, and 
they weren't comfortable marketing it that way, but the bows are legitimately five to seven feet per second faster. So that bow's actually pushing around 347, 345, um, most of them when we've tested. But I think the miss was going to a, a six, a six seven-inch brace height on, the, on a five series. And I would love to see them taking that 31 and actually shrunk it to six. I think it would have been a, a, yeah. a good change. Yeah, and I mean, I... I don't know. I would like seeing that just because like with hunting boat, I don't have a super long draw length, which right. is why I like running higher poundage. Join the club. Yeah, no, Scott's doing I'm 26 inch. It blows. <laughs> Adam and I don't share that. Are you guys longer? <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. But I don't That's why I shoot a lot or, you know, shorter generally brace. like a shorter bow and yeah. a shorter brace because I can get a little bit more speed out of the bows just yeah. from a hunting perspective because, yeah. I mean, sounds rude to say and some people think it's a little brash but i i mean i have no problem shooting a five inch brace bow one of my favorite bows that matthew's had hunting bow wise that i shot was the halon the original halon five. Oh yeah their first halon series yeah. i shot the five inch brace bow at th- only 30 inches ata and five inch brace and everybody thought it was crazy for shooting it but that thing drove tax oh yeah but like i also like my shooting ability is going to be a lot different than you know your weekend warrior bow hunter right too. gotcha because i i mean well, you know what's funny? We actually put a we put year, a ton man. of women yeah. in that bow. That, oh, that no, five awesome. inch brace height with that thirty inch bow, we put a ton yeah. of women in that. Well, bow. and with everybody going to this wider limb platform, crazy stiff risers, um, even just a bigger cam, which gives you a little bit more stability as well. You don't need a six or seven inch brace bow to have it shoot proficiently. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, one yeah. thing like I remember the. The chill series bows from Matthews, you put them in a press and like, especially a last chance press where there's nothing bracing the riser, you put it in there and you'd see the, the wake, the cable load coming off and that roller guard would move out like almost two inches. (laughs) I mean, it would just swing all the way out because there's so much cable load and that riser was turning. Oh yeah. And with those halons and everything newer, you're not seeing that nearly as right. much. Yeah, they're, I think they've done a great job with that. But, yeah, we'd love to see Prime do that. Um, they still have them make a great bow. You know, I the other big thing changed for them was they went to a full cable load, cable stop now. Um, got yeah, away from got the limb stop. Yeah. You know, we got a lot of complaints from, not a lot, but a lot of, uh, we did have a few customers come back and complain about the rollover and how hard it hits the limb. And it's actually loud. It, um, yeah, it'll click when it hits the limb. If you're running it at, at a full 90, yeah. 90%, which a lot of guys like that when they, I mean, that's one big thing when guys much, shoot that bow. Pretty much the reason they buy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, they'd get to full draw and they could sit there. You could sit there at full draw forever. Yeah, so this is a true story. Uh, true story. I actually held on an axis on film. Chris Webb, a good friend of mine who did it, and I was on four and a half minutes with that bow last year, the Logic Series. Yeah, well, you could take that thing and, he, like, Put it on your knee. Set it on your knee. Exactly. Well, as long as you didn't shoot well, it's still on your knee, which I know <laughs> right. a couple of customers have done. <laughs> yes, they have. Because <laughs> I know Adam likes to use that sales tactic on those bows oh, yeah. every once oh, yeah. in a while. I do it a lot. I'm yeah. not going to lie. But it does work. You know? yeah. But, yeah, it's great. But yeah, it, it, but it was surprising that it didn't lose the back wall feel near as much as I thought it would. Going to a cable load, I think the engineers did a great job of getting that cam rotation just right. So it's still a pretty solid wall. Well, they have a high cable, like the it's the cable tension on that at full draw is still pretty impressive. Yeah, exactly. I know yeah. that was one thing, like on the the Echelon series bows, the target bows that Elite had when they first went to a system where you could run either or yep. a limb stop or a cable stop. Cable load too good. The cam was smooth and everything, but it had almost no cable load. I know I, I mean, you listen, you oh, yeah. listen to me in the range struggle with that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
Um, but yeah, Prime, uh, you know, is still one of our top sellers. Um, our customers love them. Um, they do a hell of a job with engineering. I'll tell you that I, you know, it's, I. It, it's definitely it's similar to Matthews. It's an engineer's bow. It is. It is, and I'm a I'm an ME, so I it's right up my alley. But um, and it's you know the two the two track cam system is sometimes very hard for customers to get over. It looks different. It's four wheel weird. drive, man. It's four wheel drive exactly. And I will tell you that it does eliminate cam lean. There's no such thing on that bow. Um, it is a dream to shoot long yardage. Um, you know, personally at 100 yards, it's my bow, bow of choice. But um, they'll they'll do a good job this year. I think Prime is um, is actually I talked to their rep. I think they're up like 40 some percent over a year they're prior. Hell of a job. Yeah. They're selling so much. It's hard for us. It took us forever to get boats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's funny. They went from our number one stock bow last year to they're so far behind right now. It's scary. So, um, but they were excited. Um, I think they make a solid, solid platform, and it's different from everything else that's out there right oh, now. Oh, for sure. And they've had that for a long time as yeah. far as being different. So exactly. So. And it's not that heavy of a mass weight bow. No, which for as big is as it crazy. Is. It yeah. looks big. You look at it and you're like, holy <laughs> hell, that thing's going to weigh a ton. I yeah. mean, their 39-inch bow is only 4.7 pounds. Yeah, and I can promise you, I can name two manufacturers, which I will refrain, and they'd be well over 5.5 pounds. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, They did yeah. a good job with I it. I remember, what was it, Scott, two years ago when I first came to the shop and you put me on a Prime. Yeah. That Prime was almost like holding a, a big steel mallet it, it <laughs> held anchor. great but it was heavy yeah mass weight was up yeah. there so they did a good job with so that. overall i'm i'm with you guys i think they did really good on yeah. this year um third and man i'll tell you what it's hard to beat right now um if for some reason man the guys um are coming in looking for this bow um is the hoyts yeah and uh on the surface uh, from a hunting bow perspective now target's a little different but from a hunting side they it doesn't look like they changed a ton. No, they did. Alpha series stuff, which is their shorter ones. Um, they only cut a half inch off of them, yep. so they're twenty nine and a half to thirty. But they went to like a, the mod and the uh, cable stop. Yeah, are all one piece now versus having a mod and a cable. That and makes like changing draw lengths peg. and stuff gravy. Oh man, I don't know how <laughs> many stinking like RX threes and older that have come in where they got work done somewhere else or like the customer tried to work on themselves trying to mess with draw length and, and the cables like stops <laughs> adam for instance he did shoot, it <laughs> adam's shooting our the, own the uh, master Ultra. string maker and, had, and master kept, technician kept wondering why his bow just didn't feel right <laughs> this kid's got his draw peg on the e spot in my and defense, his module is on d yeah in my defense, let's hear this it was hard to see Oh, it was hard to see. Those well, young eyes be, couldn't. Yeah, read them. I will say, with my experience, I probably should have noticed that a little bit sooner. But uh, yeah, you exactly. worked on that Maybe. bow for like three weeks, and look, man, I'm just gonna build new systems. Okay, you're gonna throw me under the bus. I looked at for five minutes. Bridger helped me out. Five minutes. I looked at. I'm like, dude, your mods in the wrong spot. Hole. Yeah. Hey, hey, I'm human. And then he then he fixed it. Retuned it and his and bow is like eight feet per second it's faster. The, and it's the greatest shooting oh, bow yeah, no, ever. It. <laughs> it shoots amazing now. It is. Yeah. So, anyways, no Hoyt. Hoyt did some amazing things. You know, quite frankly, I've heard a ton of stuff online about. You know, Hoyt didn't do anything, and actually, they were taking a beating. I think I, uh, well, publicly. I mean, well, it was bad. You know, I got heck, a, you, I got you a little it. bit of a beating from uh, Cody, our other yeah. owner. Yeah. Uh, I just in passing kind of made a joke. Uh, couple guys that came in to look at the bows yeah. and i kind of made a joke saying oh yeah so much innovation yeah exactly and you know because they did really they, 
on the surface, it doesn't look like no, they, they changed didn't. a lot. And I mean, they ended up buying a bow. They ended up buying a cure. Correct. From Elite. But uh, yeah, I was in the back room kind of moving some stuff around. And Cody kind of came in and was like, man, you go. I watch what you say a little bit around customers. They came in, they were going to buy two two carbons. And yeah. <laughs> no, it, you know, it, it, it does feel a lot better. But, it, you know, here's the thing, and I'll, I'll say this, and I, I've said this to everybody. I wish Hoyt would have came out and just said, look, you know what? And I think they were bow of the year last year is my own personal opinion. Um, but I will say they, they should have came out and said, look, we took what we think was a great bow and we just made it better. Yeah. You know, instead of, you know, but they really didn't do anything to market you know, grand innovation and all the the marketing hype. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they do a good job of marketing. Period. So they don't really they do, have but to. But like all the stuff that is actually different on the bow, I think helped. They adjusted everything. that the draw force curve on it. Correct. It's not nearly as aggressive on the back end. Right. So the draw overall is much smoother. And that's I, crazy to say because it was so smooth. It last was year. pretty smooth before, yeah. but I before I know and I felt a little different. But I'm used to a target cam. Right. Like I like the back end of a cam on that smaller cam. So like I shot the when I shot for Hoyt a few years ago, I shot the RX one. Right. Which had a very similar cam to the threes. And I shot a number two cam all the way in the, the longest mod spot. And on those I know for you and a lot of our customers we would try and put them into that bigger cam it was a couple of feet per second slower. Right. So you're on the front, but it was a lot though. smoother. Oh yeah. And Absolutely. for me I like the back end of the cam, but again I'm used to that target cam. Right. And on this one there's not nearly as much variance when you go from the A module position, which is the shortest, all the way out to now that what they go up e. to like D or E, D or E, yeah, um, and it's not nearly as ag- aggressive of a change, right? Yeah, and it's no just doubt. and it's to me it feels softer on the shot, which is what I kind of like in a hunting bow. Yep. Um, well, it feels a lot like that cure, kinda. Yeah, it's super soft. Yeah, that yeah. to me, see, I didn't like the RX threes as much when I was playing with them a little bit because it, I don't. Know, to me, it had a really aggressive snap, which isn't necessarily what i'm looking for in a hunting bow right um especially like for me i shoot 80 82 pounds right um, so the other big thing about it and i uh, what i loved is they kind of took the bomar stop system the flat back and integrated it into the module so you know hoyt's been traditionally always the round peg stop yep so the round peg would wrap around the cable somewhat and you get a lot of sponge you know, that's been my biggest complaint with hoyt target but i mean not target bows even target bows but is that spongy back wall, and you yeah. could really feel it, you know. And their cable load's never been crazy. Um, so Not, the, yeah, until you get into uh, the target bows and stuff. Exactly. Target bows are definitely a different breed. But it's – so going to that flat stop, and so I will tell you that, you know, from my standpoint, everything they changed on that cam this year improved that bow tremendously. 100%. Agreed, yeah. 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 So the back wall is extremely solid. We had a, one of our one of our owners, Philip Hall, came in, and he pulls about as hard as anybody I know with a hunting bow. He, I will watch him on the RX threes. <laughs> yeah. He will get to full draw and, move and put another half inch of draw half an inch. on that bow. Yeah, he pulls so stinking. He hard. pulls so hard. And what's funny, we watched him on that the new RX four, and it was he cut you, that I by mean, two thirds. Yeah, I mean you can see the cables moving, but it's not. not he's not like adding draw line. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So we're calling that Philip proof. Philip proof. Exactly. Right. That is Philip proof. Uh, but yeah, Hoyt, I think they did an outstanding job. You know. Um, not a lot of changes, but I think the ones they did were pretty amazing. And uh, the bows are still just top-notch. Yeah. And, and they, they did, as far as not making a bunch of changes on their hunting bows, with their target bows, they... Oh, for that's, the first that's time, a big one. For the first time since... Radical. Uh, 
Uh, when did they come out with the Vanity Series? The original Vanity Series. The original seven Vanity Series. was like back in 2007. Seven, yeah. Because I shot with that. That was like one of my first target bows. I shot a Vantage X8. And then they went to Clear the... Clear back then where they went to that longer riser. Longer riser Alpha the, Elite Series, With the 2000 it? Series limbs. And they kept that profile. And then their original uh, profile of similar to what the, the Pro Elite and the Ultra Elites were. Yep. That shorter riser with the 2000 limbs getting around... Then they went back to the podiums, half, which were a little bit more limb, a little bit shorter. All the, they ran the XT two thousand limbs from two thousand seven, two thousand eight time frame with that vantage yeah. all the way until last year. Yeah, you're right on the prevails all the way till through the prevails. Yeah. I mean, over almost ten years, well, right. over ten years. Yeah. So those you have limb. for those you haven't seen it, the new Invicta series from Hoyt is yep. a major change over what they have done prior in Target. Huge change. A lot of riser and a little bitty short limb, probably what eleven inch limb. Yeah, Maybe. I mean they they still have the thirty seven and the forty, which they've traditionally had since Correct. that since that time frame. Yep. Um, but they're run like all the risers are two inches longer, whether you're going from the the thirty seven or the forty. Forties. Yeah. But the riser itself is two inches longer, yeah. and that limb is much shorter, and it's it's more in line with how PSE has always kind of had their limbs, where they're ex- like a crazy radical forward tra- well, forward facing yeah. limb, and then where the tips of the limbs are parallel or beyond parallel. Beyond parallel. Almost I think like the Invictus beyond yeah parallel. Yeah, but so it's pretty cool. They they made a big change. Their cam too is pretty yeah. aggressive this year. It's got a cr- incredible crazy back wall. Be, uh, probably the best back wall they've had on a a modular cam system. Agreed. Yeah, that they've had they, on a target belt. It's crazy. It feels like a baby spiral cam. Yeah, me. but it doesn't like rip my shoulder <laughs> off. Exactly. <laughs> I, don't, I remember the first year I shot the spirals. I went from a seventy five percent cam and a half plus to a spiral X. That had to suck. And I, <laughs> I, I, I blew my back out. Like literally, I don't know. I was on IR for like three weeks. Well, God, I the holding weight at sixty was what? Probably twenty eight. I was so, I, the last year I shot. Well, other than when I shot for them in twenty eighteen, the last year I shot Hoyt, I was holding like twenty five pounds Jeez. on a Spiral X. Shooting what fifty five? I was right at sixty. Right at sixty. Gotcha. But I holding like fifty or twenty five pounds. Yeah. That's which a lot. I mean, you talk to some guys like that's not a ton, but it's a lot for me when I like traditionally I always shoot like sixteen to seventeen pounds. Yeah. So, but having to jump up to twenty five. Especially and before I was shooting even less than sixteen or seventeen. Yeah, I was probably holding like twelve what? and fourteen thousand arrows a week. That's got to wear on you. At that time, it was because I was trying to get used to that cam and yeah. it, it tore. I mean, it, I don't think I, I don't know that it tore muscle, but I, I strained it pretty bad. Yeah, great so, cam. I mean, no, no. I mean, it's probably one more money than freaking any system. That's the out only there. Uh, uh, other than a, a mini max system on a yeah, C four. Mm-hmm. But C4. that's probably the. Yeah. From it's a right. cam perspective, it's going to be pretty close. Yeah, exactly. So they actually integrated, I think, a lot of the technology into that new cam um, out of the spiral system, but it's an incredible cam. They, Soft enough to shoot. Yeah, um, but, they still, but they, you still can get that spiral cam, that new... Yeah, what is it? SVX. Yeah. The SVX cam. Where it's still a spiral cam, but it's a instead of having to put a new cam on it like you did the primes, yeah. uh, you can change just that mod piece. And they had, they had that two or three years ago, with whatever they came out with the prevails initially. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty cool bow. If you guys haven't seen them, you need to come in the shop and take a look at them and shoot one. Um, The Invicta, I think, well, from a target perspective, you know, against the the result from Elite, they were two of the biggest changes made in the industry from a target bow. A hundred percent. Yeah, like undoubtedly. Yeah. So you you got to get out there and take a look at them. They're they're going to be pretty hot on tour this year for sure. Um, People are already doing great things with them out in there. Yeah. Yeah. Out in the uh, Indoor World Series. Yeah. So Paul, I was just in uh, 
Peoria, Illinois at the Midwest Open Tournament and Paul Tedford. I kind of was talking to him as we were turning the scorecards and he's pretty open with me about stuff. Maybe not after this, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like we, all of us guys, we all get together and talk about bows and what, what we're shooting and how we're doing it and how everything works. And he said, it's one of the easy bows to shoot. So, and I think I was talking about you with this yesterday, as far as like bows that you, you know, you got to take control of them and shoot them right. versus bows where you can kind of sit in the back seat. And I think a yeah. lot of, especially men like professional men shooters and higher end shooters in the men's class, we, because we're a little bit stronger and everything, we just kind of get the boat full draw and not necessarily sit and wait on it, but we're not necessarily in the driver's seat nearly as much. No, well, you know, and that's one of the things, even when it comes to coaching, we we talk about pressures and managing your pressure front and back. Mm-hmm. You guys do that a lot better, so you can kind of sit and wait. Yeah. Honestly. Well, I mean, it makes you know, it easier and, to aim. And everybody else is like dynamically that. moving. You know, look at most of the amateurs. We're coaching them to pull hard and push hard, and, and um, there's a dynamic moving force involved in that where you guys are just trying to keep the dang pin still right exactly and letting yeah. the shot break <laughs> when it breaks so and that's a big difference you know but actually i think between pros and amateurs where you guys have shot so many damn arrows and you've and you've mastered the ability to 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 know where to put pressure to maintain pressure you really are just waiting for everything to break loose yeah i mean and that's the key it's more of a muscle memory feeling i feel yeah. like what yeah you're i mean yourself. i know like I used to work with Braden Galantine all the time, and and one thing he was a big proponent of was a a strong bow arm, yep, so that you could hold the bow in the middle, right. And then really you're just pulling hard enough to keep the bow full draw, maybe a little bit more, correct, just so you can move through the shot. And you're just waiting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's that so. simple. It's crazy, but it's that simple. Uh, but it's one of the you know that's one of the things we're going to get into as we move through this series is when we get into the technical side, and we'll probably be keen and talking a lot about how you guys do that and that's that really is in my opinion the difference between you know the amateur and the pro shooter um you just you you guys have just done this so long and you know yeah. and, uh, sometimes it's just god god has given you a gift you know and you're great you know some of those guys are like that so okay, I mean, kind of like jason's good looks I mean, yeah exactly exactly Did god give you good looks sure come on uh, really look at me so, You're a cutie. Thank God nobody can look at him right now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, anyways, um, the Hoyts, you know, come down and take a look at them. Get out to your shop if you if you have one. It, it carries them and, and take a look. They're pretty amazing. So we'll uh, we'll kind of kind of close it out a little bit. And talk about Matthews. You know. Yeah. So it's no secret. Anybody that knows me knows that Matthews is. You know, I've they're probably the one company I've been probably tough on. Um, but this year, I will tell you. They I, made a heck of a bow. You, this is for, and like I haven't known you for that long, but according to you and everybody else, no, everybody like this me. is like the first Matthews hunting bow that you've been you set up and loved. Yes, and you're actually hunting with one right now. Yeah, exactly. And so far, everybody's having a hell of a good time shooting the target bows and stuff. Yeah, which they didn't change a ton. I mean, they no. went to that forty and a thirty six, but now I think Matthews has like thirty five to 40 inches almost every inch <laughs> they do with they do. that trx they, they cam really system do. well they have the th- literally the, the, 36, the 36 the 37 the 38 and the 40 am i right 36 38 and then and if you count the tr if you count the seven and the eight those are 39 yeah that's true yeah and, then, <laughs> and now and the then, 40 and then the 40 <laughs> no the 37 so the only one they're missing is 37 <laughs> yeah sorry no 37 but yeah the, you're right and that's exactly what uh yeah they did but you know what a lot of people if you read online um you read the marketing, not the marketing, but a lot of the forums, you know, they're talking about, hey, why change it? It's working. You yeah. Know, they got a lot of podium finishes out there in the last five years for sure. Which is like, 
it's odd for me because I you don't I shoot shot, that bow. I, no, I shot I shot for Matthews a, two shot years for Matthews ago for a number of years, yeah. four years. I shot the the C4 and the Halon X, and then last year I got sent a 38 and played around with it, and I uh, no way I. <laughs> I might as well have yelled yeah. four every time I shot that bow because I had <laughs> no idea where those arrows were going. Yeah. yeah, which is crazy because I watch everybody else have an insane amount of success with that thirty-eight, especially after they went to that new engage grip, that little bit higher risk, more similar to the Apex grip that was on the Apex seven and eight and the C four series yeah. bows. But that's probably my only complaint on the Matthews has been the uh, the grips, that, which is crazy to me because everybody I know that shoots that loves a new grip, they and you it. complain about that. I grip hate every that grip probably Sorry. because you can't yeah. figure out the difference between the old grip and the new grip. You're probably well. I love the TRX 38 grip, the non-engaged grip. I think that was the best grip they had designed. So the in grip years. that Matthews designed in 1992. That is correct. <laughs> I love the <that laughs> grip. Now, not the Focus, <laughs> but they're flat back grips that they yeah. have on their bows now yeah Man, i, I didn't even know what a bow was in 92 yeah well you know they matthews has always been kind of weird about grips i yeah. mean i think matt and i've heard this that matt mcpherson loves to design the grips he's the guy and i will never forget what seven or eight years ago they came out with that focus grip which i thought was the dumbest idea ever it was not it was, great it was no you I put remember, a big v well, so that we can pitch and roll all over that thing at full draw <laughs> i mean better than the walnut uh, yeah better than walnut but you know, well, the first thing that I most of our guys did, we shaved them on a grinder. Shaved it all. I know shaved when it off I was grinder. shooting for Matthews at the time when we came out with the the TRG series bows. Yeah, remember that? And one, they yeah. all came with the machine to focus. Oh grip. my god! And first thing they go to the machine. Every shop. person I know took a Dremel tool and cut that stupid yeah. ribbing off right of the back of, of the grip. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's my whole thing with the engage. I think the gauge with the rounded edges. I just I hate rounded I'm edge not, grips. You, that's the one thing. I I know most guys that are shooting well. I know uh, Braden still shoots no, regular no, engage. No, they all shoot them But great. a lot of them are running either the side plates. Or the ultra um, view. Or on an ultra view grip or like the shrewd grips. The shrewds, yeah. um, but like I know a couple guys took and just cut the rubber off the back to make that grip flat, flat on the back but right. still pretty wide. Yeah. For me, that was my favorite way to shoot that. Exactly. But I've always liked a very flat back grip. Yeah. I think most pro guys like flat yeah. back you don't get any of the rolling. Well, there's none of the roll. You can control the. You can control your hand a little bit more, right? Especially in the wind, because right. like that was a big thing with that focus, or even just a narrower grip, was like in the wind, it catches your bar a little bit, catches your back bar, and that bow starts. It, it was teetering twist in your the whole hand, bow in your yeah. But you could change the grip pressure a little bit with your thumb and yeah. kind of control that that <laughs> swing of that front right, bar. Right. Yeah, the the thumb the the patented thumb Matthews thumb pressure, mm-hmm. which was remember the Monster series. Oh my gosh, it was crazy on that. Oh goodness, yeah, love the bow, but but no, the um the Matthews bows this year I think are flat out amazing. Um, you know it's kind of crazy because I was not a fan of the the Triac series, and I think it was their number one selling bow, which is crazy. Like and how I was long? I was working at Shields in uh, Des Moines at the time, and I had worked there for probably three years I think part time as a sales guy in attack and. We sold more of those thinking triaxes. Granted, everybody in Iowa, we're mostly tree West, stand hunters. Yeah, in Iowa, everybody's tree stand hunter. We right. pluck, you know, just shooting pumpkins at twenty yards as I get a hit. Right. Leading edge, a fairly western focused shop. Correct. But 
we sold the absolute crap out of that triax. Right. And what's like funny is we couldn't like sell five them. to one, and you guys couldn't get rid of no, them. No, couldn't you couldn't sell any. But, but you know, we've we've kind of educated our customers. You know, we're we're long range archers. We love to shoot long. Um, we're Western Mountain Shop down mm-hmm. in South Texas, and it's definitely it's funny because our customers now they come in and they won't even look at a thirty inch bow. Thirty no, one, thirty two. I mean, it's crazy. You know, they want that thirty three to thirty five inch long bow, which because I know was kind of a worry for us when we got that. The I mean, cure going back to the elites because yeah you you'd preach to everybody especially after they came out with when the elite came out with that ritual thirty five like I watched more ritual thirty fives walk out of the door like the couple of weeks I'd come down right. just to visit to hang out or whatever I'd be here for two or three days I watched more elites walk out of that door at a thirty five inch uh, model like it's thirty threes and thirty fives walk out than I did at in three years of them selling <laughs> right, that, exactly. that ritual when I was in Iowa. Yeah, and it's it is crazy. So we've done I think a you know, it's just the way we've educated the customer. I mean there's no secret a longer riser bow will shoot more accurate than mm-hmm. a short riser with a lot of limbs. And it's just Well now that was the biggest change that Matthews made with the hunting bows. They still exactly. they still run a twenty eight, which is what the Triax was, but and a the 30, 31 long. and a half. That that twenty eight inch bow, the BXR twenty eight it's got a longer riser. It has a longer riser than what, or same length riser as Traverse. It. That is correct. Yeah, I think the riser is actually probably thirty inches long, if not it's more. It's close. Yeah, I mean, that thing is the limbs are compressed like crazy right. full draw on that bow. Right, and that is what makes that bow so stable. So for me, I actually set one up just to try it, and I could not believe how it felt. It did not shoot like a twenty-eight inch bow. It shot like a 31, 32 inch bow. Yeah. Honestly, and then you go to that thirty-one and a half, and it shoots like a thirty-four. It shoots as good as the Traverse. Yeah, personally. Um, Brittany, Cody's wife, what length bow was she shooting? She's shooting the 28. She's shooting the 28. She oh, yeah. was outside stacking with that thing at 60, 60 yards, yards. Like yeah. just pounding. Yeah. So, you know, Matthews is, didn't do a lot when it comes to changing, I think, this year. But, man, they, the biggest change they made is kind of like the Hoyt, where they made a minor tweak, lengthened the riser, you know, got more preload in that limb, got it shorter. And I'll tell you, it is a tack driver. I yeah. mean, the thing is, shoots. I mean, I was take, shooting up to 70. Uh, when I first set it up, and it's just, it was unbelievable. I mean, it's a pretty damn good speed to it, too. Well, also, it's funny you say that. Uh, we tested uh, every one of the bows. We actually got a video series coming out. I'm going to go check on that, see where it's at. Um, I filmed uh, five videos um, to talk about the new bows, and actually each bow individually. Then we did a speed test, and that was with the VRX, the um, Matthews, with the Axius Hoyt, with the Prime. I use a 33-inch Prime, not the 35, yeah. to try to be fair. And then we use the uh, the Elite Cure, and uh, I won't. I will just tell you the Matthews was the fastest, and it yeah, wasn't by a little bit. It was by a lot. <laughs> I was shocked, and I was at no, seventy was, pounds, twenty nine inch draw with a three hundred and eighty grain whitetail arrow. So just, just a typical setup. If, I was just going to ask if that was at your uh, uh, mini me draw and length. negative Ghost Rider. <laughs> I, I at least did it at twenty nine. <laughs> so. So that was an Adam and Jason drawing. That was yeah. Adam yeah, and no, Jason drawing. Scott okay. just draws those bows back with his ear and hooks it <laughs> right there. Yeah, and I just flinch my ear. Anything for the speed. Yeah. No, but it, it was pretty cool. The Matthews is definitely the fastest in the stable this year. Um, that new color they have, the ambush uh, green. Ambush, I think the ambush it is. green yeah. is going crazy. It's Which every time somebody comes out with a new color, everybody just I, loses their gourd over I it. I wish I would have ordered every bow in that I color. I know. I haven't heard a single customer ask for a different color. No, have they we, have not. Have we even – we've sold like – why we sold like one black one and one stone one. We Otherwise, the rest of them have all been that ambush. Yeah, I think the subalpine and the EV two Sitka will probably be sitting there for a while. Probably. I know I we mean, had to. We had to get rid of our 
demo one in the ambush green and we had to make yeah. one of our one of our yeah. camo ones our demo bow because we yeah so we, we actually don't have an an, we don't have an ambush green to show right now oh no i have mine so yeah, yours. which we can't, we'll can't sell you're all gone. no oh matthew's right now what six to eight maybe 12 weeks out right at now? this point yeah. yeah it's crazy so they're they're rocking it again like they do every year um but it's they're, they are so good at marketing yeah their the their product or their uh, uh, content pro- content production is insane, and I love watching all their stuff because it's all, it's all like, I mean, professional grade stuff. Yeah, no, it is, and that's you know, a lot of people make fun of Matthews. You know, they're a marketing company first and a <laughs> bow manufacturer second. I don't know. I love. I I've known Brad Christian for a long time. Um, I've met Brent Sang a couple times last year when they did that first uh, proving ground video. Right. Like we had that. Uh, like that promo video that Matthews had running on loop at the store yeah, in Des Moines. Yeah. Every time that proving ground deal came up, I would sit there and watch it every time. Cause it was, it was a great video. It was a great video. Yeah. Without a doubt. No, they do a great job. I tell you, and their, their bows of course are just, you know, they're the, I always say this or the Toyota of our industry for sure. Quality wise. I mean, we just don't have issues with them at all, you know? And, and you know, the other thing I, I really enjoy about Matthews and I think for the last, what, five years that uh, they've had it, um, their top hat system has been the coolest, the simplest, the easiest to change to change your cam Un- position. Yeah, until you have until I the mean, cure, until that cure being able to Correct. shift that pocket. But as, as far as bows that we have, the carry. But yeah, that one since bows that were yeah since the halon. They, they yeah they came out with that on the halon. Um, I remember the first time messing around with that. Like I looked at it and I, which is weird. Because, like they didn't really advertise it at no, all. No, not at all. Which is wild, and maybe that's because they're such a, a dealer focused company, right? Um, but they didn't really advertise that at all, as far as like a tuning opportunity to the customer. But like I remember the first time I'd messed with it, I'd just gotten the the TRX or the, excuse me, the TRGs and the or no, not the TRG, the Halon series stuff. Because um, I was shooting a Halon X, and I was right. trying to figure out how to tune the bow because I'd. You know, I'd have like a half inch right tear, right? Because I got short arms. I'm shooting a hundred. I was shooting triple X's at the time, which are like a hundred, one hundred, one hundred spine. spine. So I was, obviously, I had a <laughs> right tear, had a right tear through paper in my indoor bow, and I'd take and try and sh- I'd move the rest of the outside. I had the the, the, one the rest like two out. inches outside <laughs> of center before it finally started changing the tear. Yeah, and I remember having seen the little package of all the top hats in there, and I remember looking at it. I'm like, oh, well. This one's got one line. This one's got two, and they're both in the same spot. I wonder if they fit. Yeah. And I just happened upon it by accident. Right. But ever since then, they're one of the easiest bows to tune because I can look at it, shoot a bow through paper, and know exactly, you know, what what cam to shift or how right. much to move it just from playing with them. But as far as like when you have to tune a bow by shifting or shimming the cam back and forth, that one's stupid easy because you never have to measure anything. No. I don't have to pull out calipers like I do for like the hoist of the older elites where they had the little washers in there. I'm not sitting there trying to fat finger it right trying to get the damn washers in there because you got like a paper shim that's a couple thou oh, yeah. trying to jam that's that worst. trying to stack like yeah you're stacking how like four or five of those oh and you got a customer right there <laughs> i don't even want to think about it and oh, you're yeah. sitting there cussing because you <laughs> can't get drop a right there over the floor they're, yeah you yeah. get it in there and they don't shop. fall out <laughs> no we don't we're professionals yeah exactly no, he's right, and it's a, that is the crazy part. You know, which this will be a great segue because I always wanted to try to close out and give all of our listeners maybe a good tech tip um, every every segment. And we actually had this happen tonight, and you know, Bridger was talking about the the shimming of the cams because he had a right tear. You know, and a, probably one of the most polarizing things that we hear out there as bow technicians is 
you know, what's the holy grail? Paper tear, um, uh, bear shaft tuning, walk back tuning. I mean, I've heard it all. Um, and I personally, I don't think there's any right or wrong answer well, here. I usually say whatever one's easiest for you to accomplish by yourself. Exactly. Yeah. They all really, they do the same thing. I mean, yeah. yes, a paper tear at six feet is going to tell you a little bit less than a bear shaft at 20 yards. Correct. But I don't know. I mean, 90% of the time, if you get a perfect tear through paper, you shoot a fixed head with you. Ha- and as long as you're not shooting like a Some muzzy weird, MX4, like right. a giant hacksaw of a broadhead right. with two inch blazers right um you'll yeah, get your broadhead's gonna your broadhead's gonna hit with your, correct with your field points yeah. at 20 yards well we had a guy come in tonight and you know to, to talk about tech tip and, and this would be a good one for you know talk about paper tuning i guess so let's talk about that real quick and you know he came in he actually called me today and talked about you know hey i want to paper tune the bow but you know he wanted to paper tune it and you know, let's be honest, you know, we've been doing this a long time. So we've shot thousands and thousands of arrows through every bow you could think of. And, you know, grip tension is, is a big deal when it comes to paper tuning. And the the layman archer that's picking his bow up 30 days before season, shooting 50 arrows through it, and then trying to get a good paper tear is, you know, he's either really lucky or really good. Um, this usually doesn't work that way. Yeah. So, you know, we try to, the parameters that the industry kind of sets, and I will tell you from my experience, and Bridger may probably, will probably agree with this, is that, you know, the 5.8s, 13 16s realm, or, excuse me, 5.8s and 7.8s is what we try to keep our, our rest position in. And what that is, is measuring from the inside of the riser to the middle of the rest. And if you keep it in that 5.8s, 7.8s, 5.8s to 7.8s, you can probably get a broadhead to tune pretty pretty decently. Yeah. Well, um, and even... And less even, correction for your Even for if your you base. don't want to measure it, like, if it looks like it's too far inside or too far outside yeah. a center shot, like, it looks all kinds out of whack. It's probably out of it whack. It probably is. <laughs> exactly. As far as your center shot. Yeah. Now, some bows will have to shoot outside. Some oh, will have to shoot inside. Bowtech's a good one. Bowtech. Bowtech, they all, they, all of them look outside. All every the single primes one of them. look outside. Yeah, every, and the primes, exactly. So, you know, as long as you stay in that, so for you guys that are home tuning, if you can stay in that five eight seven eights realm and get a decent tear, I mean, you're probably going to be okay when it comes to shooting fixed yeah. heads. You know, the problem is that we get some guys that come in and want to paper tune their own bows, and they're they're sitting out there at an inch, let's say, outside a center shot because they got so much darn grip torque. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not correcting that arrow flight. It's not going to happen. And um, right, and well, and, heck, and it causes had, all kinds of problems for tuning broadheads. Heck, I had a, a customer, I don't know, probably a month or two ago, where he his he had to shoot fixed blades. Right. He's hunting whitetail in Texas. I don't know. Yeah. So it was just normally, I just give him a, a little rage overkill. <laughs> I just give him a rage and let him let him go eat. Throw an axe <laughs> at a deer, but yeah, right. Had to shoot fixed blades. Had to shoot little blazer veins, which. Don't even start on those. That's a whole other segment. There's a reason. Whole other segment. There's a reason we fletch all three our inch. custom fletch here with three yeah, inch. Exactly. But he had an absolutely abysmal grip, and I think I spent like two hours with that guy trying to get trying his to get grip. his fixed blades <laughs> to fly. I, he would not fix his grip. No, no, and that's what. And honestly, that's what most Which, people. Which I mean, happens. It, yeah. If you're used to shooting that way, go for it. Yeah. As long as it's consistent, but. Yeah. But even Jason, I mean, heck, how long did it take you before you, you know, got confident paper tuning your own bow? And a couple months of yeah. sitting here watching you guys do it. Yeah. And, you know, the, the biggest thing was figuring out what I had to do and, and learn that it's not just about the rest. No. It's it's about, you know, am I shooting the right spine? And do I have, first thing is, do I have the right grip? Am I shooting the right spine? Are my arrows cut the right length? You know, and just start breaking it down. And then it wasn't until 
probably the beginning of this year when we started talking about shimming cams. That was that was opening a whole new can of worms for me. Like, yeah. what? Wait, we got to yeah. do what to cams? Well, <laughs> I remember we were talking about um, top hats on uh, on Camline with oh the yeah. Matthews, and and yeah. we had a little a little moment about that. that was like, I had no idea I about it. Forget that. <laughs> yeah. So from that moment on, I I started doing my homework and researching. You know what the the right way to have of paper tuning is and and like bridger said i mean paper tuning the way i look at it is well, it's it's an amazing foundation to start on that's correct it's, it's a um, starting well point. I, I, to talk about that real quick and bridger you be honest here how many bows have you shot in your career that could not tear a, cr- a hole worth of crap but you probably won a lot of money with almost all of them. <laughs> there you go folks <laughs> yep I just use that paper tear as like initial. As a guide. Like, okay, yeah, my arrow's coming out of there straight. We can kind of go from there. Yeah. yeah. Like, I pull out now for indoors. I move my rest damn near every day. Right. Because I'm trying to get the bow to react in a certain way. Like, when your arrows are coming out and they're kicking right, they're acting stiff. It's all like, you're trying to, f- they're acting stiff. They come out of their bow, they're kicking left, they're acting weak. Right. And you're trying to find that happy medium. And a lot of times it is right down, right down the pipe. Exactly, yeah. But... And I know some other pro guys will talk about it, but like they'll want their arrow coming out, kicking high and left. That way it's leaving the bow the exact same every time, regardless of what type of shot you give right. it versus having it come out of the bow perfectly straight right. and not having to correct versus like you make a less than ideal shot. That guy still is going to come out left and still going to react the same as it's correct. flying through the air. You know, and I think that's one of the biggest, I think, misconceptions in this industry. I've, I, you know, that's why I don't stay. I stay off archery talk. I stay off a lot of these forums. I get a lot of these these backyard professionals that come into the shop, and man, I, I ain't gonna lie, they drive me nuts because they they're they're so OCD technical that it's taken away. I think from what they really need to do to accomplish what they want to do in the sport, and that's freaking practice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh god, and, and, you know, and they and they really try to. They think they can technically tune for points, and at mm-hmm. the end of the day, we have veins on an arrow for a reason. Because it helps correct flaws in the shaft in our shot, yeah. and, then th- and then thank God we I've have sights. Because guess what? You could take a poorly tuned bow that is shooting like garbage, but because your sight will allow you to move and hit it, let it hit center, you can shoot that bow pretty dang good. Yeah, I mean I've seen it. Yeah, you got to move I, those three hundred dollar knobs. There you go. That's right. Yeah, correct it. I don't. I don't know how many guys I've like. I it makes me want to say like, man, if you spent half the time exactly. on archery talk. Yeah. Behind your bow, <laughs> like I mean, we wouldn't have this conversation. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No. It, it's one of the I think probably the biggest issues in the industry is that. I mean, yeah. it's you know the internet is a great thing. It's sharing a ton of information, but my God, there's a lot of bad stuff out there. <laughs> there's probably an equal, if not greater, yeah, amount of bad information oh, yeah. on the yeah, internet. And it's giving. It's I mean. God, this is another soapbox for another story, but yeah. it's given so many individuals so much power in this industry from a marketing standpoint and from uh and they're just really given bad advice. I think. I mean, or, it's or just advice that I, I think it's all really differing matter. opinions. All differing opinions and well, yeah, there's all more those than one way to skin can a cat. work. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There's more than one way to do yeah. it. Hey, at the end of the day, what works for me might not work for you. Yeah, it usually doesn't. And well, that's the way we should do it. You know, honestly, it's it's, it, yeah, I agree. You know, there's some fundamentals you got to do out there, but it is the, I call it, you know, tuning for points, and it's just no such thing, yeah. in my opinion. It's just you got to spend more time behind the bow at the end of the day. So, hundred percent. Yeah. So, anyways, um, we're taking up an hour of your time, or probably a little more. Um, but I, you know, 
kind of wanted to do a kickoff like we like we did. I wanted to talk about the new bows as kind of like the start of that season. Um, give you guys some insight. You know, send us some questions. I don't really know, Jason. Where are we putting this stuff? Um, um we're gonna we're gonna talk about that today uh, after we get done. But guys, just just be on the lookout on the uh, on the Leading Edge Archery Instagram page, Leading Edge Archery Facebook, Facebook page. Um, look for the post regarding the the podcast. I don't know. We might even start our own podcast Instagram page. Um, let's get everybody's input. Would you guys want to yeah. follow a, a page that's dedicated 100% to the podcast? We want to make this as interactive as as possible. You right. know, uh, within within limits. You know, we right. want we want you guys, the audience, to give us some points. What do you want to hear? What do you want us to talk about? Yeah, because there's so many podcasts out, and I think we're gonna do work our do our best to separate a little bit from the rest of them so that it, it so it's good content that you're wanting to hear yeah. yeah well and not and again like i'm a big proponent because for me anyways i deal with archery every day of my life yep. whether i'm working in the shop here or going to a tournament or training for a tournament right i like talking about other crap too yeah like, exactly <laughs> exactly well and i think so, we talked about that we're gonna you know, as much as we're going to try to stay on point, you know, like you said, what do, what do you call it, chasing squirrels, chasing yeah. squirrels, dude, that's always fun. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Got to keep it organic. If yeah. you if you would have heard our test audio, you would die. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't. No, that was that was. There's a lot of but people no, that might have been offended by some. Just of a it. little bit, <laughs> seriously. But it was guys, fun. <laughs> send us uh send us ideas, yeah. send us questions, you know. Let us let us know what you want to hear. You want to hear about Bridger's life. You want to hear about Scott's life. You want to hear what what I go through, what Adam goes through. You know, we're we're here at the shop. If if you've never been to Leading Edge, come in here. It's 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 a family. Yeah. You want to come in here and shoot. We want to come in here and hang out. Want to come in here and try a new bow. Doors open. And we're also, I think, we're going to try to get these eventually on YouTube. Um, we'll probably do video segments on them, so we, we'll have to be really careful in what we do. Yeah, if you want to <laughs> see our beautiful mugs. Yeah, there you go. Just uh, leave some comments. Yeah. Um, yeah, going back, we are, I don't know, it is a big family at the shop, and that's half the reason I wanted to come down here and, and work with you guys. Like, uh, you know, I have a fairly tight knit group of guys I do a lot of stuff with at home outside of archery, and, uh, for me, I felt that way when I came down here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, heck, we have guys that come in every day like it's the the local coffee shop. Like yeah. Pop, we have a customer that comes in, pops, comes every day, every, every day. day at 10 o'clock when we open, boom. Leonard. He's old Leonard there. He's coming in, comes in the side door like he owns a place. Absolutely. First thing which, he asks is if his bow's here. Which, by the way, Obviously. we need coffee here, like a coffee shop. I don't know Absolutely. why we don't have a big coffee machine. We, we it sounds will. like you know somebody. There's yeah, a coffee. Jason, there's a big. There's like a there's small a little big, coffee company right around San Antonio area. Yeah, right? we're we're gonna have to reach out like, to those guys. Well, like green, black, 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 black rifle, black rifle? Like black rifle. No, that's not it. Is oh. it? No, that's not it. Do you know that guy, Jason? <laughs> no? I think I think he's come in the shop a couple times. He has. So maybe, we need to hook that up. Maybe we can get him to come in here and talk to us about his archery yeah life. exactly and drink that would coffee. be hilarious yeah i but actually uh, watched him shoot it's really funny <laughs> <laughs> i have been told matt is not he's let, let, let's just stop it yeah we'll stop that <laughs> i don't want to offend matt now actually i want to call him out matt best you need help bro <laughs> come on in <laughs> and I, I i well okay i'm really gonna shut up now yeah I'm i want your coffee still jd no <laughs> so. no but guys 100 percent. please let us know what you want to hear um we're here for you guys what are we doing jason every two weeks we're gonna try yeah i'm think thinking every we'll every two to three weeks yeah 
Um, we'll kind of narrow that down here. This was kind of a real shoot from the hip deal oh yeah. from the get go. Oh I think yeah. We first, I mean, granted, we started talking about this like two or three weeks ago, but um, as far as getting everything set up today, was pretty darn shoot from the hip. Well, <laughs> like and we honestly, set up we got whole setup we, about five o'clock. We got to thank Jason Tabanski. He's the sound guy. He got the mixer, the sound guy, uh, all the, the equipment. No, he actually did this in literally what, Jason? Through three hours, two hours, maybe. That's some. A little bit of yeah. hiccups, but we got it. Yeah. So. Uh, thanks to the the guys down the street uh, at Hill G Music for helping us out. Yeah. yeah. I think we yeah. called that Patrick guy like four times. <laughs> <laughs> Poor dude. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. I walked in and uh, Adam and I went down there to grab a couple more mics. I walked in. And he's like, "Oh, hey, man, what's up?" <laughs> <laughs> he knows you. Now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> he was actually pretty excited to hear that we're starting an archery podcast in yeah, in cool. town. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, so. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's hopefully it's going to kick off pretty good. Uh, like it was shoot from the hip, but I'll tell you what, I prefer it that way. Yeah. I, I hate scripted I think, stuff. I think like, we asked you before we started, I was like, hey, do you want to like think about everything you're no. saying? Like, nah. Heck no. Oh, Heck. I better I just wing it. Yeah, just wing it. We started we started this archer shop winging it. Honestly, good. That's true. So, I have heard the story. Of, it's crazy. You know, maybe a couple yeah. uh, adult beverages around a bonfire. Some adult and, beverages uh, around a bonfire and uh, <laughs> yeah. a little hazy vision signing exactly. that lease. It'll give you a lot day. of gut. Give you a lot of guts. So send it. Sometimes that's all it takes to yeah. do something great. Well, and it, then one other thing too, we've got some exciting stuff coming up. Um, you know, we'll probably definitely use this to market some of our kids um, shooting, even our professionals. You know, Jason and Bridger are going to be traveling across the world here coming up in the next ninety to one hundred twenty days. Um, Jason and I, I think we're going to spend a, a segment uh, talking about his journey. You know, right now Jason and I are working our tails off in the gym, getting him ready physically. Um, once again, I don't know if you you know just to piggyback on that a little bit. He's uh, he's definitely uh, in the Paris side of it. He's in a chair, but you'd never know it uh, if you met this guy. And we're going to talk you, about if, his if you met him like in person, you yeah. probably know. Yeah, if you maybe he's kind of short. He, he kind of, <laughs> but short? I mean, we're we're all in chairs so right now. Scott. Right now, yeah, we're yeah, all we y'all. So we're all at the same height. Yeah, yes, you actually might be a little taller than me. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> but no, Jason is uh, he's you know. Crazy stories. Only this. Well, we're going to save this for another segment. But he's been doing this what two years? Yeah, two 2017 years. was the first yeah. time I went into your shop over yeah. on Main Street. Exactly. And now he's uh, last August set two world records in his division. Correct. Uh, one world record, two nationals. Two nationals. Yeah. yeah. And that's pretty damn amazing. So we're going to talk a little bit about him and his journey in this sport and where he's going with it. So it's going to be pretty yeah. cool. Pretty it's fun. actually it's actually going to be quite interesting because we're all tied in this together. Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, my my very first uh, USA Archery tournament, I got to shoot against Bridger in so elimination. Oh yeah, that's right. That's where you met Bridger. It was here. The reason interesting. I, well, not half. It's probably the full reason why I'm down here. Yeah, there's no doubt. So we're yeah. we're all we'll linked into, into we'll this. We'll get into that in the next one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that'll be a fun conversation, and that's part of that. Maybe that fun stuff we will get to talk about. Yeah. You know, talk about how we how this archery kind of brought all of us in in. So Big family. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we spoil don't want to bore it. you guys with Cam I'll spoil it. All Jason day. beat him. Yeah. <laughs> Jason. Did you beat him, Jason? No, Jason was his first round by. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get to we'll get to that one on the next segment because uh, Bridger probably doesn't remember, but I do. Dude. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was funny. Oh yeah. I missed okay. the target completely. He's, oh, yeah. he's told Twice. me that story about ten times yeah. and I were you starstruck just a little? I didn't know who he was. Oh. He gotcha. thought he was a cutie. 
I, I had well, no idea who looked, anybody well, was. I, sat in, I shot in front of him, so he's just looking at my butt the whole time. That's yeah, why he wants to hang go. out with me all the time. I was just <laughs> praying he hadn't you, eaten bean burritos. <laughs> so you, you want to hear a little quick story, su- side squirrel story to that. Um, we know one of our one of our staff shooters, she's a local shooter only. Her name's Suzette. And I'll never forget, she comes in here, and she made it to the, like the semifinals or quarterfinals in our Tuesday night league. Yep. And I think, did she take you to a one-hour shootoff that night she or did, something? Yeah. yeah. Yep. And Suzette, you know, has no clue. And I think Keith Schnell went up to her and made a comment like, yeah, you just about beat, you know, a professional archer. And she kind of just laughs it off. She's totally clueless. <laughs> and then her boyfriend, Johan, pulls it up on the on the Internet. Uh, I think it was she pulled, pulled up, up your a, World one Cup. One of the World Cup videos. One of your World me, Cup yeah. videos. And Suzette about fell out of her chair. <laughs> it was the funniest. She just couldn't believe it, you know. And it's kind of cool that, you know, I think it's awesome. And that, that is a big reason why Bridger's down here with us. Um, there's there's some pros, and I, I won't say who, but when they walk in, you know they're a pro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know Bridger, who I'm talking about, some of those guys. Oh, yeah. Um, Bridger, you'd never know, you know, and that's why he's he fits in so well here. Um, but we're going to work on that. We're going to work on that marketing game for him, make him a little more cocky. <laughs> We're gonna make Bridger great again. Make Bridger great again. <laughs> we got hey, we gotta get a hat. Oh, Maba? Yeah. Is that Maba? Yeah. <laughs> no, make Bridger great again. MBGA. Yeah. Okay. We'll work on it. You're yeah, close. Too many, too many consonants. Yeah. I'm not yeah. Yeah. It's not good with the acronyms there. Yeah, we gotta think of something though. So, so anyways, folks, thank you. Um hopefully you enjoyed this. It's been a lot of fun doing it uh, for our first go around and uh we'll catch you back around the around the bail the next time. All right. We'll Scott, you want to you want to let them know the uh, shop hours when to come see you? Yeah, shops are Tuesday through Fridays from ten to seven, and uh, Saturdays from eleven to five, and we can do it by appointment also. Yeah, so. and we're lo- located in Bernie, Texas. Bernie, Texas. Bernie, Texas is north of San Antonio off I ten. Yeah. Hashtag know your bow. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely, guys. This has been the uh, Leading Edge Archery Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Said you save a dime a day and been a long cabin.